Welcome aboard, Captain. Back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris. What's the word, nerd? Uh, nothing. Got some allergies. <laughs> Starting to feel crappy. It's springtime. Oh, dear. All right. Well, let's see if we can cheer you up and uh, distract you from the yeah, sniffles. Some, some funny uh, moments. Uh, sure. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hit it. It's, <laughs> it's minute 44 of the voyage home. Uh, minute 44 starts with Chekhov getting ready to tell his now famous, infamous joke. Um, and ends a minute later with Kirk trying to get a punk's attention. Yeah, we like <laughs> the punk. The leg of the punk. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so a good portion of this minute is. Uh, Ahura's and Chekhov's. I mean, yeah. they're on their own adventure, so this is uh, this is their portion of the, their adventure. Hmm. Yep. Kind of uh, makes me think of a little uh, another little movie out in space where different teams had their own little, you know, thing. Like you know, some were down on the forest moon, others <laughs> were up flying around. One was over battling another. They all seemed to split up and you know take on tyranny. What's yeah? What is your? Uh, uh, I think I, I think I know what movie you're talking about. By the way, it's uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Star Wars, right? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but what do you know? Uh, do you like that when our heroes split up and have separate adventures, or do you like them all to stay together? Just in general, not necessarily this film, but just you know. Um, I think it's a nice twist that they're not all together. Yeah. And I think, you know, you think back to Wrath of Khan, like, you know, they do sort of split up in the sense that, like, Kirk and crew go to Regula mm. and the others stay. But you don't really see them. It's really the continuation of their adventure. And then they go back and then they're all together again. So and I guess in Search for Spock, did they did they split up a little bit to do various things, I, I guess? But not like this. This is like you have a task, and you're going to have a section of the movie. You have a task. You're going to have a section of the movie. You have a ta- We have a task, and we're going to have a whole bigger sec- section of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is – and I think it's a nice change of pace. Okay. Okay, change of pace. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm thinking of also the last Star Trek film, at least at the time of this recording, which was Star Trek Beyond. Yes. Um, and that followed that kind of same formula. Everybody got split up and had to, you know – yeah, and, and, and I feel like that was better than, um, you know, Into Darkness. So <laughs> for I feel many like reasons. I, yeah, for for reasons. <laughs> but uh, I, I still think that was a better movie overall. Hmm. And um, are you I, saying? Hmm? Well, yeah, I, I'm. I I don't think I like the adventures. I I, I think I like the the whole crew together. Yeah, maybe I'm just being, uh, you know. A nostalgic grump, um, but I like everybody on the bridge trying to solve a problem, or everybody's beamed down to the planet solving the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, maybe it's because of who got paired off, you know, Hura and Chekhov. I don't know if I'm, 
Okay, uh, so we're re- we're rewriting the movie anyway. So Kirk and Spock going together yeah. makes sense. Maybe they add McCoy. Mm-hmm, sure. Maybe you have those three go off together. Yep. Maybe Sulu and Chekhov together, and then Scotty and Uhura makes maybe makes yeah. sense. However, I feel like with huh, I don't know. Yeah, I just this, this is one of those things where I'm not like I'm not like bashing Uhura, but I'm thinking like is her expertise in constructing a whale tank? <laughs> uh, no, but I feel like she could roll up her sleeves and, and get into it. Oh, a- absolutely. I'm not like like I said, I'm not bagging her. I'm just saying like I don't think her expertise would be best used for that. And I think her task is better suited for her. So I think you have to kind of split. Scotty and Uhura up because of those two tasks. Mm. I mean, even she could have even taken Spock and you know Spock and Kirk's task. I just don't think you could have put her with Scotty on the whale tank. That's okay. all I'm saying. That's it. So gay. She's no the whale tank. I just think uh, they don't have a they don't have a good rapport. And I think it's not. I don't think it's Uhura. I think it's Chekhov. I think he's. Think so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's something about it that I just don't. They don't feel like they're clicking to me. Like, you know, who who was hanging out, you know, when they were off shift, you know, and being buddy buddy. Was it was it who were hanging out with Chekhov, you know, when they were, you know, in the in the rec room, um, or would she be more likely to hang out and have a drink with Scotty, you know, or Sulu? I, I, for some reason, I, I see Ahura and Sulu being buds. Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, Anyway, we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on this on this one just because yeah. um, right right now I'm not excited about it. Um, and Hoor looks so lost in this minute. She's she how many times she twirl around and like what's happening I, here? I will say that her and Chekhov both look lost, like they both completely. And he just gets mad, like he's he's lost and he's just mad. Yeah, so different reactions to the same situation. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, let's see a couple things. So obviously they're, they're trying to find out, they've looked up, um, they know, what do they know? They know where the nuclear vessels are. They're in Alameda yep. and now they're trying to what they're trying to f- find out where Alameda is. Is that really yep. their goal here? Um, yeah, they're, they're trying to find where the nuclear vessels are. <laughs> right. Excuse uh, me, sir. Can you direct me to the Naval base in Alameda? Where they keep the nuclear vessels? Yeah. What is the deal with the comp? Nuclear vessels. <laughs> you like that, don't you? <laughs> um, the, the cops doesn't say a word. Like, just stares at them like they're idiots. I absolutely agree. I feel like if you go up to a police officer and, you know, you ask, say, hey, I don't know where, you know, such and such is. Can you tell me where they are? Like, I feel like he'd be like, oh, you know, you head down Third Street and you take a right on Robinson and it's right across the bridge. You know, he looks at them like he wants no part of this. Yeah. You think he'd at least be like phoning it in or something like I got a couple a couple loons here, you know, something. But it's just. So I have to wonder. Um. If this is, uh, does he forget his lines? Maybe, <laughs> and they just roll with it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> because to me, that makes much more sense than him just staring at them blankly. Uh, maybe, 
And I feel like it's totally – I mean, I feel like Chekhov, you know, basically doing the a nuclear vessel, you know, like he slows it down syllable by syllable. And then he looks at Uhura like, uh, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> like I literally think the cop forgot his lines. That's fantastic. Uh, let's go with that. <laughs> or – you found out a little bit of information about this scene itself, so oh, yeah. why don't you give the tidbit about this scene, and maybe that plays into yeah, I, I, a little bit of why he reacts the way he does. Uh, okay, all right. Well, so so the um, I think it's I, I don't think it's an urban legend. It's yeah, I've seen yeah, yeah I found you know uh, uh, quotes from the producers um, that they filmed. Uh, some of these scenes, and specifically this one, with a hidden camera or hidden camera style. Yep. Um, so they're just, um, when Uhura and Chekhov are kind of, you know, accosting people, <laughs> Uhura, I mean, Uhura just jumps in front of people and grabs them and says, please, please, please help me. Please, can you tell me? Uh, can you tell me what the name of my sonality is? That these are all, they're just, they're just literally asking random random people on the street that don't even know what's going on they don't know that star trek is being filmed here um which which is great that's a pretty funny concept um so are you thinking are you actually hinting that that the cop himself might be a so so, a real cop all right so follow me here so i'm gonna go even farther here and i think aurora and Chekhov are totally ad-libbing Okay. I think this is a scene where the producer, you know, the producers and the writers came up to him and said, "Listen, we can do the scene, and you're super confused, and you're looking for directions to Alameda, and you're just going to start asking a bunch of the extras that we are just going to have walk your way. If one of them tells you where it is, great. If not, they're probably not going to say anything, and they're going to try and avoid you. Okay. And I feel like that's how the scene sort of unfolds. Like I feel like they're so they're so like. It's almost like a game show, you know, like if you've ever watched Ellen where Ellen will get a celebrity to go out and like go like Adele went to like a like a juice bar and she's like telling, uh, you know, Ellen's like in her thing, like saying, OK, now ask them for oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's a big chuckle. And I feel like this is the same sort of thing where they're like, OK, now now jump in front of this person. OK, now <laughs> jump in front of this person. Like, OK, you know, like really stop this person. And I wonder if the people, the extras who are who were told this maybe are told not to like try to avoid them at all costs kind of thing. Right. Right. They just didn't avoid the planet earth. (laughs) Oh God. Oh, that's, that's interesting. That could be, I I could see that too. So it's a mixture of kind of, it's a hidden camera concept, but with extras who aren't necessarily in on, in on the the script. Right. Right. It's improv. That's exactly what I think. It's total improv. Like this whole scene is just one big giant improv with like a pseudo hidden camera. Like I think the camera's hidden, but I think like I think we read we talked about it offline that um, the people knew that there was a camera somewhere. So I'm wondering if like people were either too afraid to say something. Like I bet you they pulled this guy off the side of the road and said, um, you know, we're gonna dress you up in a uniform. Uh, you don't have to say anything. And actually, you know what? That even goes farther to my theory that he's an extra is that uh, one of the things we did find out was that the woman who actually does say something uh, was just an extra, but she had to be inducted in the Screen Actors Guild in order for her lines to remain in the film. 
Right. Okay. Because I wonder if any of them were actually supposed to say anything. Yeah, they don't have to pay if you don't say anything? Is that how that works? I guess, yeah. Well, maybe maybe he gets a couple of bucks, but he probably doesn't get credited. I'm just picturing Nimoy opening his wallet after the day of shooting. Hey, you did a great job. Here you go, buddy. A couple bucks. I'll buy you a ham sandwich. <laughs> Uh, Pizza for everybody. Do we know the name of the actress then, or the extra who who actually... Her name is Layla Sarah Kalo? Sarah Kalo. Sure. And she's the extra who said, I don't know the answer to that. I think it's across the bay in Alameda. I love Chekhov's response to that. He's like, yeah, I know that. (laughs) That's what I said. Alameda. (laughs) Where the heck is it? And... Or is the same way. She's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's across the bay and Alameda. And that's what I said, Alameda. And Or is like, but where's Alameda? <laughs> I, think oh, this, I think the scene works. I think if if it is total improv and I feel like, you know, it just makes sense that they're just sort of like, you know, like game show-esque. Like, okay, try to get someone to tell you where the, the nuclear vessel is. Or like, and go. <laughs> right, right. Uh, we'll give you, you know, $1,000 if we can get somebody to say Alameda. Right, yeah. yeah. That's what I feel like it is. Right, right. Okay. I um, could be totally wrong. No, I like it. I think it's all very plausible, and um, it must be true. You said it. The, uh, I found out I have a product placement update. Um, yep. uh, Diet Pepsi. Uh, makes an appearance in this scene uh, as a tiny billboard on the bus that passes by. And uh, I checked with the interns, and they said that we still do have Diet Pepsi, even today. Really? Yeah. I didn't think Pepsi was a thing anymore. <laughs> I thought Coke won the, the challenge. <laughs> the Cola Wars? <laughs> this was at the height of the Cola Wars, I believe, in the 80s. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Um Anything else on the nuclear vessels, which I know is your favorite, one of your favorites? Well, I think I think the only thing I would say about that is that um, this is, I think, we had talked about this. I don't know if it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, this this uh, this movie about that was this the actual like? Does this where the vessel joke comes from? Mm, yep. Like in later movies and stuff like that. Is this where this originates? And I th- and I would I think it does. I don't think he says that anywhere else. No, no, yeah, I, I, think, I think this is it. Um, I, guess, I guess the 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 one other comment I have before we move on is, you know, as far as '80s fashion goes, yeah, pretty um, downplayed. There's no. Uh, well, it's pretty tame. It's pretty tame. There was, you know, there's no, no some of the neon colors. Yeah, it, some some of the outfits you could almost see people wearing today, like the vests. Yeah. I think there's the shoulder pads. I've definitely seen a preponderance of shoulder pads, but uh, other than that, it would probably take me a little bit to say what era these were from if I just showed this person to me. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, A little disappointing, because I would like to see some... some I think the hairstyles are more indicative of the time than the clothing. The big feather, like the the blonde girl in the tan jacket she kind of has like the high feathered hair <laughs> yep, yep. i would definitely say like if you put her straight on in the camera you would say 80s okay yeah i can see that um all right so moving on yep so uh the scene then cuts to <clears throat> punk on the bus <laughs> 
and uh, uh, hey, we really don't have much dialogue here. We just kind of get these intro shots, um, and uh, it's our pal. Uh, we've been talking about Kirk Thatcher. Yep. Um, uh, he's had his hand in quite quite a few things so far in the voyage home, um, whether it was the uh, the Federation memory test. Um, uh, I can't think of anything else other than that at the moment, but uh, he's he's definitely been all over the movie, and uh, and now he's showing up here in in, in the role of punk on the bus. Um, yep. And uh, I think I want to kind of save my punk on the bus material maybe for next minute yeah because um, there's a yeah he's much more prominent in them in the minute yeah um but uh i, w- I will say that the the music that's that he's playing yes. um is this, the song i hate you yes uh by the band edge of etiquette mm. um and uh again all of that is was made for the film so uh edge of etiquette is actually kirk thatcher <laughs> <laughs> and yet another pseudonym yeah. <laughs> um so uh, wrote the song for the movie. Um, it's you know been which is pretty funny. Like it's not on the soundtrack, which is disappointing. Or it wasn't on yeah. the original soundtrack. I think it think a re when it could re release later later on. It's now included. Um, so it's hard to come by. But uh, the the song was also used in another movie. It was used in the movie Back to the Beach, um, which is like oh, a okay. uh, what is it? You know, Annette Annette. Funicello and Frankie Avalon. Oh, okay. They did like a yeah. sequel to Beach Party, Beach Blanket Bingo or whatever yeah. uh, in 87. And they used that song in the, in the mm-hmm. same song in the movie. And it awesome. Was, yeah. So that's pretty funny. Um, and I guess originally they were considering, uh, the music they were considering for this scene was a Duran Duran song. Mm. But um, now this gets much better. Yeah. Really, Duran Duran and punk i don't her name is rio it just wouldn't fit <laughs> wouldn't. yeah i'm trying like what's the most punk hungry song like that they wolf. have yeah maybe hungry like the wolf but it's not punk um uh so the other thing i will note in this minute mm-hmm. is the prominent product placing of omni magazine yeah very much so huh i mean he's like holding that out there so you can see what magazine that is yep like, that's the cover of the magazine. And I know when I read a magazine, I flip through the pages. I don't just read the cover. <laughs> that's true. He's just, that's right. Just look at the cover. Uh, what is it? Is it the 21st anniversary? Uh, I can't read the whole detail, but it's about man's space flight. Um, so, yeah, is he holding it up just, just as, a, as a nod to... Um, oh, I totally feel like he's holding it up as a nod to product placement type thing. Yep. And uh, the other thing is, is everyone looking completely disgusted at the punk, right. even the dude, even the dude way in the front who probably can't even hear the song. Yeah, yeah he's all the way in the front. Yeah, exactly. Yes. As far away as he could be. Um, what is going on back there? <laughs> uh, there's two product placements in this one. Um, the Wendy's is also in this. Uh, there's a bag of Wendy's, a giant bag of Wendy's. Oh, a giant on, bag of Wendy's, yeah. floor of the bus, which... Uh, wow. I don't know. So when did product placement become a thing? Uh, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. And I think I'm just rhetorically saying, because obviously we've seen a lot of product placement so far. And we're only on minute 44. Mm -hmm. I mean, Omni magazine, Wendy's Pacific bell. um, And and I think that's basically the highlight so far, but I mean, those are pretty prominent things of the time. 
I'm trying to trying to think of the time I was like first aware of that, but you know, I, I think in ET there's a there's a bunch of when they have like they're having pizza and playing Dungeons and Dragons. I think there's probably there's probably Pepsi and all that kind of stuff happening on that table. Um, who knows? You probably go back to like the Bad News Bears. There's probably there's oh, probably sure. stuff in there, right? Um, I think he's just drinking like beer. They <laughs> just a can that says beer. 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 Uh. Yeah, so we're gonna have to. I guess we're gonna have to uh, sick the interns on getting hold of that copy of Omni. Yeah, I'd like to read it. Let's see what see looks what's in there. See what's on the inside, not just the cover. Um, all right. Well, then, do you have anything else on uh, on this minute? I mean, Kirk. I think Kirk has a line where he just says, <laughs> just says "Excuse me" to the he punk. Just says, he just says, "Excuse me." Yeah. And he's totally, you know, where he was, you know, Mr. Smug, cool guy before. He's he's a little tentative here. Like, excuse excuse me. Mm. Excuse me. You know, I feel like, um, and you think he's, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't, maybe tentative is the thing, but he's not like, he's not being the admiral. No, not at all. And, you know, granted, he's, he's uh, the punk is striking, but not like yeah. Kirk's seen worse, right? He's seen right. worse aliens and bad oh, yeah. guys and villains, and so to be intimidated by this guy is a little surprising. But right. uh, maybe it's more the music that's throwing him. Oh, could be, yeah, definitely, because I'm sure you know they don't have this kind of music in the future. Yeah, I'm sure there was punk revivals, you know, throughout <laughs> the decades leading up to the 23rd century. But um, yeah, who knows if it's if it's uh, in vogue right now. You think they uh, think they have ska and you know Green Day on you know on the Enterprise rocking out? Shh, Kirk, Kirk's coming. Kirk's coming. Got to turn this down. Well, they they have the Beastie Boys, right? Isn't that a uh, canon now? Oh yeah, in the in the Beyond. In, in the uh, Beyond, yes. Yeah. And in the first one, when he's driving the car at the oh, is it is it is young, he listening? Yeah. He's listening to the Beastie Boys. He's listening to it. Okay, it wasn't just playing in the for yeah. us. Anyway, let's not go down. Let's not go there right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I think that's all I had for uh, for this one. Yep. Me too. I, I'm I'm good. You yeah, good. We, we got more punk by the minute. Punk by the punk by the minute. All right. Uh, okay. Well then. Um. Yeah, folks. Why don't you? Uh, we'll be back again on Friday. But in the meantime, uh, if you uh, want to share your thoughts on 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 punk rock. Um, why don't you hit us up on the social medias? Uh, you can find us at Star Trek Minute on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram. Uh, love to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back again on Friday talking about Minute 45 of the Voyage Home here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.